talking about the Iron Man movie. Yes, that's right. If you haven't had enough of Iron Man 2 talk, you're in luck because we're going to give it to you. <laughs> what do you think about the movie? I'm going to have to ask you to exit the donut. Did you notice the Beastie Boys song in that scene? Um, I think yeah. I, yeah, I think I did. Let me call it up here real quick. Yeah, I've seen it's the called movie. Groove Homes. Mm-hmm. I've seen the movie twice by now. I have too. I, I saw it the next night. Lockdown. Actually. Yes, I. Uh, we uh, we all went and saw it together, which was nice. Oh yes. This is what he was. That is the that's what I was playing when he was in the donut, donut eating donuts. Yeah. So for those of you that want to listen to this whole track, go uh, go get your copy of In Sounds from Way Out. Sir, I'm gonna have to ask you to exit the donut. This will be spoilerific, but you probably already know that. Yeah, yeah. Egg exit. I was about to say exit yeah. one seventy two, episode one seventy two. One seventy two. You know what that means? Where it means we're it's almost we're three, a prime number. We're three episodes away from our advice, advice show. show. Oh my gosh! You guys still up for that? I'm nervous. I'm totally for it. I'm. Do we have a special number? What's uh, not sure. One seventy-five. One seventy-five. Yeah, episode one seventy-five is our. No, I mean phone number. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to use our okay our magic jack. Episode one seventy-two of Half Hour Wasted is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. Is my mic up enough? Excellent. I, don't, I can't hear oh. myself. May products are out on DCBService.com. A new X Men number one. Woo! If you no want it, you, way. Yeah, what? If you want it, you can get it for ninety nine cents, seventy five percent off. A new X Men number one. Are they rebooting something, or is this know. a back issue? Who cares? <laughs> Neil Adams, the great Neil Adams. Oh hell is yeah! Starting a new Batman miniseries called Batman Odyssey. Really? Get, yeah, you can get issue one. I think that's his. You can get issue one for. What, what do you know about it? Anything? No. Okay. Neil Adams is drawing it. What that's else do you need to know? Wow. Ninety nine cents for the first issue, seventy five percent off. And Dark Horse is uh, rebooting Dr. Solar, Man of the Atom. Yeah, did you uh, catch the uh, free comic book day? I have comic a copy of, of it, that. yes. I haven't it read was pretty it, but good. I have a copy. You know I, what? I don't know whether I like that more or Magnus Robot Hunter. I hate to admit this. Yeah? I completely forgot about free comic book day. Man, I took, uh, took Sage and Zoe completely. down What? Completely. How? When was that? May 1st? No, unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that May first? Um, it was the first one. Saturday of May. I think that was May first. Let me look. But needless to say, it wasn't until that afternoon that someone that um, a friend of mine who's not he doesn't even read comic books said, "Hey, weren't they giving free comic books away today?" I was like, 
Oh, yeah. Son of a gun. I completely missed everything. Hey, uh, I went to three or four different comic book stores really? with both of my children. Wow. Yeah, I see. I had a three-year-old. It was a drag because I went down uh, to Zeus and uh, did some serious free comic book day scoring down there like I've never scored before. Um, but they had all those tasty quarter bins out front, yep. just long box after long box, just lining the front of their store. And um, I got a chance to look through I don't know, two or three boxes while I, I had to buy the kids action figures <laughs> their action figures and um yeah they played with them in the trunk while i was looking for comics so oh, you're such a good father yeah you yeah. put them in the trunk it was a cool day well yeah well, did you show zoe where that emergency escape handle was i didn't shut the lid oh okay you just <laughs> have to open it. the car was backed up i could oh, okay. see it from the okay. comic bins it was backed up into the spot right there so oh, so you backed up Okay. You pop the hatchback. Right. The kids sat there and played. That's right. not so bad. That's yeah. a good idea. That's excellent. For those of you reaching for the phone to call CPS, you can just <laughs> hang it up right no, now. No, I didn't. Because that's didn't, okay. I didn't but, close the trunk. It's okay. But hold on to that number because something may come up. Bill's always full of surprises. Yes. I got to tell you, I spent about three nights in the clink because of that, but it was so worth it. <laughs> yep. Hey, by the way, you know what my favorite thing about Neil Adams is these days? My favorite thing used to be uh the uh Raz Akul, uh Raz Akul. I don't know how what? to say his huh? name. I don't who knows how to say his Grace, name. Raz Akul. I don't think Liam that's, some, that's, that's something that can't even be known <laughs> as far as I know. Qui-Gon Thank you, Jim. Dark Jim Qui-Gon, man. Qui-Gon Tiki Torch. Um so uh Neil Adams, besides his run with Denny O'Neill on the uh the seminal run with Denny O'Neill, uh my favorite thing about Neil Adams now is the fact that he's a proponent of the expanding earth theory. Oh no! He's this? always been that. He has always been yeah. on board. But with that's that. my that's my new favorite thing about Neil okay. Adams. It didn't used what to. What are you talking about, man? I have a Dude, Brett, Bill. I have an art magazine article you have to really? read about where he talks about that. It's tremendous, and he goes into very kind of specific craziness yeah. about it. Well, his Up whole to, tell us tell his us whole point it. is uh, uh, it's a hypothesis, obviously, or possibly it's an axiom. It's a word. No, we'll go the hypothesis. Um, and uh, the movement of continents and the movement of the poles and stuff has something to do with uh, new crustal material at the mid-ocean ridges, and Coo-coo. this is contributing to Earth's volume increasing. Um, modern science, of course, does not support this idea because uh, they prefer plate tectonics. Uh, they prefer that theory. Um, but they claim, the, the proponents claim, that the continents drifted away from each other because of further expansion at the rip zones where the oceans currently lie. Cuckoo. Yes. Um, now, of course, there are various forms of the expanding Earth hypothesis. So, Frank. Yes. Uh, you saw Iron Man 2? Yes, I did. Did you? <laughs> yes. What did you I, think? Um, I, I liked it. Did not love it, but I liked it. Bill, you, I was sitting next to Bill. Bill was a good, yeah. a good moviegoer person because he didn't Bill. bother me. Bill, you didn't you. you didn't point out like, uh, hey, check this out. Hey, dude, this part's awesome. I did elbow. Oh, and yes, spoiler. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, spoiler. Spoiler filled. I'm yes. looking for my Stanley yeah. does appear in this movie. You know, so. I missed him. Did he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, he was, he was uh, towards the front. Um, <laughs> in the theater with what? You? No, when uh, <laughs> he was in the front of the line. Yeah, he goes. Uh, he goes by Larry Ellison, who's the CEO of Oracle in real Spoiler life. Spoiler alert! Says, "Hey, Larry Ellison, Oracle, whatever." Not to call him Larry King. No, then the next guy he sees, he goes, oh. "Hey, Larry King," and 
Stanley's okay. standing there in a tux. Oh yeah. yeah. So he was he was supposed to be Larry King. Of course, Got he it. mistook him for Hugh in the last movie. Yes, exactly. So that was uh, so that's that was the going cute. joke. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was Larry King. Okay. Right. So anyway, um, they say that Earth's masses remain constant. So let's talk about uh, about uh, Iron Man Two. Yeah, I I liked it a lot. In fact, yeah. I went back to see it the next night. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I um. Got a text from Harley, and she goes, okay. hey, I'm taking the kids to Studio Movie Girl. You want to go see Iron Man Oh, two? heck yes. I'm like, heck yes. Yeah, can I get yeah, like, nachos good. and Oh, by the a, way, she says, shiner? she goes, Iron Man is my new favorite superhero. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, she really liked That's it excellent. a lot. excellent. And I, I made her watch the first one. She hadn't seen it. So oh, okay. The, oh, the my previous goodness. week. Because the first one's not a home run. Yeah. Total home run. The yeah. First, she liked the first one a lot, and so she was looking forward to the second mm-hmm. one. The more I watch the first one, and I've seen the first one probably a dozen times now, it, in my opinion, it's it's getting better with age. Okay. And this uh, this Iron Man two, you know, when we walked out of the theater uh, Friday night, I was pretty jazzed about it, and kind of had the opinion that I've read in the newspapers. I think you guys, you know, a good movie, a very good movie, but not a knock it out of the park home run like you're kind of hoping for. You I know, liked the, it better the second time. Really? Yeah. See, now I think with me, the second time I saw it, I took uh, I took Sage on a Did uh, like it? Monday afternoon, and so I was literally watching it, and it was a weird sensation to be watching it through the eyes of a three year old because I'm I'm sitting here, you know, I'm waiting for the action sequences because that's what's going to keep him hypnotized, you know, that's what's going to make his eyes wide, and you know, that movie needed more Iron Man. More Iron Man and less story around Iron Man, and it, it, I really think it needed one big blowout set piece in the middle to just I, get I you over the it. hump. Here was my my two of my what I wish they had done more. I wish yeah. they had spent more time with Whiplash and not. L- Cupped him in the lab working on his computer the whole time. Mickey yes. Rourke did a bang-up job. He, and yeah. he needed to be Rourke in there was more. awesome. He was great. He really did. You and can make God bleed. <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson, while she was totally, totally beautiful, character. totally worthless. She could have been thrown out of that story. You could still have a And I got news for you, fanboys, for you ScarJo fans. Yes. She's not that cute. <laughs> um, you know, I beg the difference. Did you I see those she, close-ups of she, her? She dolls up pretty well. She's beautiful. She's not um, that cute. She's beautiful. But she was in. She is beautiful. She was in was probably my favorite scene in that whole movie. That her beating up all those bad guys that was in the hallway. Incredible. That I just that what is that that what martial arts technique <laughs> does she use? That's that fluid and. You know all the spins and the sliding on the floor, but, but that just, was a winning was, scene. That was awesome, and it was God, that was awesome. It was punctuated very well with John Favreau at the end going, "I got yeah, him," and I then looking him. down the hall, and yeah. there's like ten guys. <laughs> the, the one dude dangling. One hanging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they they could have done that whole scene without her and had Favreau kind of fight his way through, and it be real clumsy. They could have they could have juxtaposed it between yeah. Iron Man slick fighting and Happy's clumsy, barely getting through. Yeah. Because all he had to do was get to that computer room and turn off now, the droids. I mean, I'm happy she that's, was in that's there. That's all Scarlet did. That was that was a little bit of girl power. I know that uh, the professor really enjoyed that too. She thought that she thought that that character was a positive addition, and and you know I do too uh, on the balance. Now I don't think they needed as much of her throughout the rest of the movie, considering what they did with her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they tried to make her some kind of a minor heavy, and and it just you know it didn't work out. I thought the the opening scene with her was really cute, 
uh, where, when he first meets her in the boxing ring. That was cool. And I they could have basically cut everything of hers out between that and the action sequence. I guess you would have had to have had the scene where she shows up in the uniform for the first time. But yeah. I mean, uh, was it cool seeing the Black Widow? Yeah, it was yes. really cool. Yeah, it was very yeah. cool. Was it cool watching her kick some butt? It was awesome. I want to be able to do that. Yeah. But really, they could have... She didn't drive the story. No, she was not necessary for that, that story. Those things that she did could have been done by yeah. happy else. Could, happy could have happy done could have snuck in. It could have been funny, clumsy, yeah. happy with yeah. Jar- with Jarvis. You know, Jarvis directing him, and you know, happy in a funny. You know, looking in a in a tight security guard outfit, <laughs> trying to blend in. You know, one of my favorite scenes was the opening <laughs> sequence where he jumps out of the plane. Yeah, flies through the. Oh and yeah. that one part of the trailer wasn't in it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm kind of curious why but they why they decide to cut Harley that out. Harley was upset. You complete me? But that wasn't yeah. it. That, that was the, that one line. You uh, complete me. I think the first time we saw yeah. that, I, Sash, get in here. You've got to see this. Backed it up, watched it, and it was just that, what a great moment. Yeah. And how they left that out, just, man, it boggles my mind. All, all I can think of, and this is theory on my part, is yeah. that they, they thought maybe it it predicted too much of a relationship coming later because well, because when they finally do kiss it is somewhat of a surprise i didn't expect yeah. it well and that, that almost well and that would have happened that basically would have been the first line of dialogue of the movie right i would have because to say so, isn't yeah. that that's go get him boss yeah, i mean that scene much. was him jumping out the plane to go well go down other to than the expo right other than mickey rourke doing his darth vader impression oh right <laughs> yes which was uh, i laughed because that was a horrible horrible <laughs> expression of anguish you know it was silly so it went with harley and her kids right <clears throat> so i'm sitting next to her uh her older son which actually has been on our show before when yes. they showed up here mysteriously that one night yes mm-hmm. troy uh, uh g- give her give our kid kids age how old are we talking about uh troy is 13 now mm-hmm. and uh so he uh this is the part after iron man lands and the his they're taking his uh right his take, removing his costume and mm-hmm. all the, the Iron Man clad yes. hot dancers are back there. Troy elbows me and he looks at me and he goes, Dude, why didn't you tell me there were hot chicks in this movie? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Did I have to? <laughs> I'm happy chicks. with the movie. I'm gonna buy the Blu ray. Um there were a lot of cool things in it. Yeah. Uh, we know now we know how the timeline of these of these Marvel Studios movies are happening. Yes. Iron Man 1 and 2 obviously take place six months apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 2, at least the, the the end of it, takes place during The Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton. Because in the scene where Nick Fury was talking to Tony Stark, mm-hmm. there was a monitor that you could see through from behind, mm-hmm. and it it was um, footage from the university, the the campus university where really? where the Hulk was fighting. Oh, that's awesome! Um, all those those army guys mm-hmm. and the tanks and, on uh, campus. Yeah, it's like a campus. first big fight. Yeah, so that so we kind of know now. So if you think about it, um, in this at the end of this movie, uh, um, what's his name? Nick Fury says. <clears throat> We want Iron Man, but we don't want you, but we want you as an advisor. Yes. Know? i got to ask you about that line. Well, that, but, that but changes Stark, things for me. But Stark turns around laughs and says, you know, you can't afford me. Right. So it, you can take it either way. You know, they, they might agree what? 
bring War Machine in and have Stark on the sidelines. Well, I mean, that's, if you think that about maybe the red herring, but if you I, think about what what they've what agreement they've come to. Okay, yeah. now Stark is is going to participate in this Avenger yeah. initiative in some capacity. I think Stark will insist on being. Then at Iron the Man. end of Incredible Hulk, when he goes into the bar and finds mm-hmm. Thunderbolt Ross, oh, that just made me saying that name out loud made me angry about something that I'll get into <laughs> maybe next show. Um, he he go, he comes up to Thunderbolt Ross and he goes, I'm putting a team together. So he had this meeting with Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man 2. Then all the nonsense was happening with the Hulk at the campus, mm-hmm. you know, the college or whatever. Then at the end of Iron Man, uh, at the end of Incredible Hulk, you know, by the time that movie's done, yeah, you know he's tracked down Thunderbolt Ross because yeah. I guess he saw news or whatever. And he goes, "Hey, guess what? We're putting the team together." So, Iron Man Two happens before Incredible Hulk that came out a couple of years ago. But uh, I'm, that's cool. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm I'm just interested if this is a studio because you know when they do these this Avenger movie, there's going to be a lot of big stars in this. And are they doing? Are they going to give Robert such a small part? That's going to be great that he that he's. That's why they're making him a consultant because they can't afford. Because they're budgeting the movie already, and they're thinking, mm. "Okay, we got to pay these salaries." Well, you I know, don't Robert, see that happening. Robert Downey's going to request all this money. Uh, let's just give him a smaller part. I hope that's not what they. I don't see that because Iron Man, he's one of the founding members. You know, well, and he's yeah. also. But my guess is this franchise uh, is going to uh, be considered a cash cow for Marvel. So yeah. I'd like to think that. I'd like to think they're not going to go cheap on the Avengers. I mean. Yeah, you don't no, expect I, I, I don't think they it. will go cheap. Yeah. But but I'm not looking for a 250 million dollar blockbuster here. But you know it. You know I, I would expect them to spend some pretty serious cash. I mean, at least nine digits. Favreau has gone on record saying that Avengers, the Avengers movie, will happen before Iron Man three. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. So and then obviously at the end of Iron Man two, we had our special secret after the credits scene, Indeed. which was pretty awesome. Bringing another member into the fold. Sir, we found him. Yeah. Thor landed. And if you go back and listen, there's a couple of references that Agent Coulson, he made one reference to being transferred to the Southwest. Yes. yes. And then He's being transferred to New Mexico. New Mexico. And then Fury, in the diner, Fury says something about, I got bigger problems than you, you know, in the Southwest region. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, they, you know, had foreshadowed. So what was going on in well, New Mexico? Was so Thor was, cool. was Thor laying in a ditch for like days or something, waiting for Fury to get around to going out there? I don't know. I well, now so. now we see the hammer, right? And Thor's not. We assume Thor's not there. I mean, did Thor or lose is, the hammer? And this he, is all Agent, theory. This Agent is Coulson says we found him. Is a shredded, shirted Doctor Donald Blake wandering down a lonely so state highway, him, so maybe twenty he was miles there, away, or just, something? You know, in the ditch or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the in the impact crater, it's mm-hmm. what it was. I mean, according yeah. to that, the impact crater had been there for at least a little while. Yeah. You now before they could mobilize people to get there. So, by the way, I did find yes. something out, whether it's rumor or not. I don't know. Tell me. But concerning please. the Thor movie, that he will that they will not be that instead of a rainbow, the rainbow bridge, it's going to be a wormhole. Okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you're trying to make at least some kind of Realistic. If you're trying not to offend sense. the gays, <laughs> you know. If you no. think about it, it's uh, you know, I don't I, or little okay. children. <laughs> I've never had a problem with the Rainbow Bridge, and yeah. I, don't, I don't have a problem with them making it something else. Yeah, it's who, organic web shooters. Fine, whatever. I think I'm going to get have an fun. email. Should I play that? 
Yeah, you might want to play that over and over again. I think I think the gays know that rainbows are their symbols, so I don't think. Oh no! Somebody's going to get an email. I don't think it's the I'm gays you have to to offend. I think it's the straight guys who don't like gays. Okay. I'm friends with some gay people. Do we have a lot of podcast listeners in uh, the the in Dixie, the Deep South? I don't know. Probably. That's think- where I would expect for many of those people to reside. So, hey, if you got a problem with that, let us hear from you. How many reverse flashes out of five? I give it. That, see, that's. I give it. I did some soul four. searching. I give it four reverse flashes out of five. I would give it three and a half. I don't think the action sequences did not go on long enough for my taste. There wasn't Dude, enough. The fist big throwdown with the two of them and all those drones. The, the, that was the drunk, awesome. Yeah, but the the you know I, you didn't like off, the, I didn't like the concept of the drones. Yeah. Well, but you start I did off not like that concept with that cool opening scene, and then you have the the Monaco scene with Whiplash, which was awesome, but way too short. And then you have the drunk fist fight with Rhodey, which was unsatisfying to me because I'm sitting there trying but to explain hilarious. to Sage. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to explain to Sage. Look, Tony Stark had too many daddy drinks, hey. and he's not feeling well. And so he and Rhodey are fighting, but they still love you. Troy turned to me, and he goes, I thought they were friends. And I said, they are, but. Yeah, stay off the sauce, son. Stay off the sauce. That. Yep. So if I, I was to complain about any scene, it was that. That Rhodey came in and just you would was think, able to hop in a suit and knew how to use well, it right away. You would and you think can tell that, the, that he was a little unstable when he was floating and yeah. all that stuff. But but you would think that the suits would be protected because he's Tony Stark. He well, that was the whole point. It was protected. Tony Stark did allow Rhodey to use that suit. Tony could have shut that thing down anytime he wanted. Yeah. He, you know, clearly basically wanted Rhodey to have it and it was because he thought he was dying uh, it was not necessarily a literally unconscious desire you know i don't think that he didn't know he wanted it you know his you know it wasn't as i mean i think he he rational you know he rationalized that he did want Rhodey to have the suit you know even fury you know mentioned something like that you're telling me you just let him steal the suit and he just kind of has a dumb blank look on his face like i don't know what do you want me to say Mm. um i thought that was really cool um hammer Hammer was, I can't believe that that was played for basically comic relief. And I I'm think not, Sam Rockwell's awesome, but there was way too much Hammer in that movie, too. Uh, there wasn't way enough. too much. There wasn't enough Hammer. I, I think mean, that was my favorite part okay, of the whole If movie. you want to just make the movie 20 minutes longer and, add, you know, and flesh out the action sequences, I'm okay with that. I, I'm not saying you need to cut the content that's in the movie, but there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough Iron Man beating on other people. Sam Rockwell's character was awesome. And even the final scene, which is awesome. I mean, it's preceded by all that flying around and all the aerial action, which was bad to the bone. But when they land in the atrium or the greenhouse or whatever that is, that final climactic battle with the drones and then Iron Whiplash, uh, you know, even that scene felt real short. Because they're just getting into it, and then Iron Man does his, I'm going to spin around and cut everything in half of my crazy mega laser beam. And so just all of a sudden the battle's over, and then, of course, you know, Mickey Rourke comes down, and then they have their little battle royal. And thanks to the drunk fight they had earlier, they now know, you know, they have an idea on how to defeat him. So everything wraps up in a tidy little bow, but, you know, just the, it just there, there just wasn't enough of it. And, and frankly, it was the movie, not, sorry, no pun intended, uh, but the movie was a 1230 start, started at 1245. I've got Sage with me this is Monday afternoon, and about 2 o'clock, right, you know, 
40 some odd minutes left to go in the movie right as things are about to really start happening you know the final action sequences with the black widow fight and the sky races and the all that um sage is starting to fall asleep and i don't blame the guy because for 90 minutes see in the first movie if you get to about the the hour you go about an hour into the first movie and it's pretty much good solid action from there on out for the most part there's a number of good action sequences it's really cool in this i'm sitting there doing the math you've got to get about 90 minutes into the movie before it's basically action through to the end hey how did i I don't like that how did whiplash know that tony was going to be in the race because tony threw that out at the last it had to have been coincidence well he he got that that fake you know passport right. and that mm-hmm. badge to get in maybe he was just taking a chance that he would be there well i mean he he probably knew that tony stark would be in monaco for the race now yeah. I, how how in the heck he knew that tony stark was going to be in one of those cars just seems he saw it on that, tv he saw he saw that whole exchange yeah on but TV. he was already in the suit he already had the you know he already had the operation to infiltrate maybe he the, was a boy scout Good point. He's being prepared. He's prepared. I don't know. I mean, it was that big orange suit. Maybe he'd been collecting garbage on the side of the highway. That was cool. And then he, he realized that Tony Stark was driving the car. When he so fired he that, fired his uh, exoskeleton up. Yeah, and burns, burns the, off the, the shirt top. right off yeah. his back. You know, more, more, more whiplash. More whiplash, less, less, um, less scarlet. Yeah. Overall, I mean, I I enjoyed the movie. Um, I agree with people because the first movie, um, someone. Uh, Someone at, at, at work today, your work, Frank, uh, mm-hmm. was talking to, and they had a really good point. Um, they said that the first movie, you know, the reason they liked the first movie better was because the first movie kind of had a message. The message was, you know, what do you do, you know, how do you justify, you know, arms races and, you know, what they do to fellow humans and stuff and, and you know, what that does to your moral fiber and this and that. And I just thought that was an interesting way to look at it. And the second movie... Um, was basically just kind of fluff. You know, it was there was some comedy, and I thought it was really cool. I just wish... Uh, um, it almost felt like the movie was trying a little too hard. It was like a, a minor case of what happened to Spider-Man 3. I didn't get that at all. Okay. I liked it a lot. Fair enough. I liked I, it I a thought, lot, too. I thought it was a good second movie. It didn't disappoint... I think and I me, guess it did the job in that you wanted more. I, for me, I I wanted more out of Iron Man too, and and you know I enjoyed it very much. I don't mean this to sound like I'm bashing it. You know, this isn't some fanboy rant about how you know George Lucas you know betrayed my childhood or anything. Um, you know, it was a, it was a good movie. I just I wanted it to be awesome so badly, and it was close to awesome. So I give it credit, you know, for effort. Okay. But, you know, I, I think I, somebody said, uh, man, this is obviously just the setup for Iron Man 3 and 4. You know, what, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. But, you know, hey, maybe a, uh, maybe a point there. So. Well, we got we got to get someone on the phone here next. I guess that's Iron Man yeah, talk. Yeah, sure. Now. But um, do we get Steve on the phone? Did you give your number of reverse flashes? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, I, was I, reluctantly, I reluctantly give it three reverse flashes out of five. Really? Yeah. I gave it three and a half. I wanted to like it so much more than I did like it. And again, it's like it's like bad pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty awesome. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Iron Man two was bad pizza for me. Okay. All right, so we're gonna call Steve Bryant. We've had him on the show before. Um, author and creator and artist of Athena Voltaire. Yes. To talk about 
his and Ursula and Ursula some, Wilde, some, some lady named Ursula, which uh, isn't going to be called Ursula Wilde for much longer. I Ooh, think. spoiler I think alert! I think you're changing his name, uh, her name. So um, let's call Steve right now and get him on the phone. Come on, pick up, man! Pick up, pick up, pick up! Hello, Steve. Hello. Steve, hey. can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, sir. We're glad to have uh, Steve Bryant on the phone with us, creator of Athena Voltaire, and uh, hopefully something else pretty soon. No, I what's, mean it, it has been it has been created. I teased June Bob about this comic mysterious comic book he's working on. But okay, we'll never see this non-existent comic book. Because Come he on, has guys. A, because he has a real job. It does sound mysterious. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing great, and in June's defense, he's a, he's a third of the way through it, and it looks beautiful. Can't wait to see it. Awesome. Yeah, he... Uh, so is he the Ethan Van Skyver of uh, indie oh. comics? Snap! Hey, June Bob, how you doing? He, um... <laughs> yeah. So, uh... It's, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Yeah. And, uh... How are things? Oh, not too bad. Um, just kind of plugging away through trying to juggle... A couple of projects. The uh, the one that used to be called Ursula Wilde that we changed the name to Cipher that uh, June's drawn, and um, of course, you know, still trying to keep going on Athena Voltaire, and trying to pick up the odd freelance job where I can. What uh, what interesting freelance things have you done? Um, He'd have to kill see. you if he told you. I think. <laughs> no, I um, I did a few illustrations for an episode of The Ghost Whisperer. Um, along oh, with, for real? Uh, yeah, yeah. Along with Gabriel Hardman and um, Steve Lieber and Jeff Parker. Cool. Wow, that, that Jennifer Love Hewitt's pretty cute. Did you have one they, of those director yes, chairs? They they have a tendency in, in in the book to make her look really good. Yeah. If it was, no, I've me. never I've I've never seen the actual book. I I've just seen the the TV show. Well, I've only seen one episode of the TV show. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did Frank? What I worked did, on. Did Frank just admit to? Actually, reading the Ghost Whisperer comic book. Um, preview. Thank, thank goodness for previews. There were a okay. couple. Of, uh, they, I think right. they had a couple sample pages in there, and she just always looks just amazing on those covers. They I mean, probably use reference, like photo <laughs> reference. Yeah, I would or think. their imagination. Right. I think they use their imagination a little bit more. Okay, maybe so. Wishful thinking. So Steve they augment. <laughs> oh, Steve. Uh, obviously, Athena, sure. Athena Voltaire is near and dear to your heart, and it's it's uh, something that you've been aching to continue work on so but you haven't had the time because you have to pay bills and so you know for lack of a better way to say it so you've come up with a solution that i think is brilliant or or somebody else came up with the solution but you've decided to use this solution very entrepreneurial yes i think it's awesome why don't you tell us about the kickstarter campaign okay um what kickstarter is it's kind of um the best way I describe it is it's like a PBS telethon. And so any kind of creative person, you know, uh, an author, a filmmaker, a musician, or a comic book artist can um, set up something on kickstarter.com where if people choose to support your project, you know, like a patronage uh, program, they, you know, they can choose to, to give you anywhere from, Ten dollars and on up, and in return, for instance, on my, on my Kickstarter campaign, I'm giving away signed sketchbooks and exclusive hardcovers, copies of the book, original artwork, 
all that kind of stuff instead of like, you know, to keep the PBS analogy, um, a tote bag. So really what it is is you're looking for, or I'm looking for, people that might be interested in this book, might want to see it happen, and would be interested in getting uh, something special to help me fund it. Uh, so it's essentially just kind of I'm, I'm having my telethon, and if people want to contribute to helping me get the book, uh, basically helping me set aside the time to just work on it like a full-time job, you know, and in return I'll send them of various levels of, of rewards. Did well, I explain that well? I yeah, no, I, I, I believe so. I, I think you did. Steve, are you obligated to produce results? Do you need to come with a do you need to come back with a profit or is this just something that people believe in you can go with it? Yeah, it's it's not an investment platform. Okay. It's it's truly patronage. That's why I keep using the uh, the PBS analogy because in uh, return for say, a $25 pledge, you'll have your name in the book. So I guess I, I will have to produce some sort of result, a book with your name in it. Um, you'll have your name in the book, and uh, you get um, an exclusive sketchbook signed and numbered. So, or, you know, for 50, uh, 50 bucks, you get copies of the two trades we've done, plus, you know, the sketchbook and your name in the, in the book and stuff like that. So that's really what the trade-off is. It's not so much... I'm gonna triple your profits, or you know, whatever. Because <laughs> yeah. that's a dangerous. I mean, it's not a dangerous thing, but you have to be so certain about certain things, and, and it takes a real business person to yeah. kind of figure that out. Well, it, it, you brought yeah, up a good point, though, Steve. Uh, you would probably make a lot more money if you did start a Ponzi scheme of some sort. <laughs> well, have you ever heard the old joke? How do you make a small fortune in comics? <laughs> I don't no. know. Take away your credit cards. <laughs> Start no. with a large fortune. Uh, that's okay. oh wow! Oh, that's, wow! <laughs> that's, uh, no, I that. There, there are much better things you can invest in, you know, <laughs> than than starting up a comic book company. So I, I'd much rather tell people, hey, you're going to get this artwork, and if you know you feel this artwork is is worth, you know, the contribution, contribute. It, it just makes more sense rather than you know, <laughs> it's going to be optioned. It'll be the greatest thing ever. You know. Put on that sideshow Carnival Barker's hat, you know. Well, I mean, if you read uh, Snake Oil, <laughs> no doubt. If you read uh, uh, Wired magazine uh, during the '90s, that's pretty much what all the uh, Malcolm McLaren type futurists were saying was going to be the, <laughs> the new paradigm. Was basically just just put your stuff out for free and hope that people will pay you for it. So, so we'll uh, we'll 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 hope that people pay you for it. So, well, <laughs> go ahead, Steve. Well, I was going to say, isn't that kind of like the uh, didn't Radiohead release an album that way and Nine Inch Nails do yeah, something see, that Radiohead way? Yeah, Radiohead did the um, pay what you think it's worth. Exactly. And I don't think it was a very profitable success. It was no. a success, but whether it was a profitable success. Well, one nice thing, arguable. too, is I, Radiohead's not, they're not exactly you know Paul McCartney, but you know, <laughs> they obviously are not hurting for gas money either. So, you know, they, they can afford uh, a, a bit of largesse like that. Uh, they, they can try to be egalitarian and do some experimentation and all that. So, you know, good for them. You know, th thanks to the people who can uh, maybe setting the stage just to let people know that this is a realistic uh, idea here. Steve, as of this recording, uh, there's 12 days left to go on your uh, – what, what what do you call this? You call this a pledge drive, a fund drive, a, a, um, a campaign? We'll call it a campaign. Campaign. Your original goal was seven thousand dollars, and so yes, far sir. you've raised eighty eight hundred fifty five dollars. Wow. So, yes. And so, 
You know, there's 18. Would you like some applause or something? I'm, I can't multitask right now. All right. There's 1,800 extra dollars here, you know, that you've that you've gone past your goal. So I know that's not something you're just going to pocket. You're going to either make no. more books or you're going to pay a colorist or you're going to. It's not like if somebody wants if somebody wants more Athena Voltaire, even though you've reached your goal, you know, the more money you get from this campaign, the more Athena Voltaire we're going to see. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not going to be rolling around naked in the extra money or anything. God knows we don't need that. Um, I'd suggest investing uh, in margarita machines. <laughs> they don't cost that no, much. But, you know, they pretty much run themselves. No, but um, what I'd like to do, and I think if we hit 10000 um, which I know sounds like a really egotistical number, 10000 but I think if we hit that, we can not only um, fund the two-issue miniseries, but we can also fund the – fund like a, a one-shot also uh so yeah no matter what number we hit i want to use that money to uh to go toward um doing more athena voltaire and the the seven thousand dollar goal you know we we factored in um fulfillment costs you know like getting the hardcovers bound shipping them out to people printing the sketchbooks shipping artwork all that stuff plus you know kickstarter takes fees um, it's done through Amazon, so Amazon's credit card division takes fees, you know, taxes, and, yeah, paying, paying my colorists. So it's not like, you know, <laughs> Steve hit the jackpot. Um, but, you know, it, it would be a decent number uh, for a few months' work so we could try to produce more. So, yeah, um, we're 1800 over the goal or 1855 over the goal. Yeah, as, and of, that just as means... of this recording. Yes, Congratulations. sir. You, you need uh... – Thank you. One thousand one hundred forty-five more dollars to make it to ten thousand. Yeah, and if we if we hit that, I'm pretty confident we could do, you know, a two-issue miniseries and a forty-eight page one-shot. For those, um, and I've got I've got a few friends on board that would be definitely interested in working on the one-shot. June Bob included. He's a good kid, June Bob. Man, that's um, it's really gratifying uh, to know that that you can put that word out and and receive that much uh, emotional, spiritual, and and uh, financial love from people. It's, oh, it's it's amazing. Did, um, what did you expect out of this? I mean, were you were you hoping to hit a hundred percent? Did you think it was realistic, or were you just kind of, you know, were you trying to, you know, how did how, how did your uh, expectations match up with what's happened so far? Well, it depends on the day of the week. Okay, there were there were some days where I just felt like this is crazy. I can't expect this much money, and then other days where I would sit back and say, well, you know, we sold two thousand of of the comics. And if every one of those people, you know, did the minimum bid, that's 20000 So, oh, you know, I, I, I was trying to temper crazy expectations that would kind of spiral out of control with, you know, worst-case scenario where you go, well, you know, maybe it's been too long. Maybe people just don't care. So, you know, I'm, I'm remarkably gratified that, uh, you know, so many people have, have stepped up and just shown this support. And... You know, it's not just people pledging. It's, um, you know, you having me on the show, the Crankcast, the, you know, CGS guys, 11 O'Clock Comics, Word Balloon. You know, everybody has just been super supportive. Oh, and uh, Sean Pryor's PKD uh, Black Box. I think I covered everybody that's had me on. I don't want <laughs> to leave anybody out because everybody's been awesome. You said Comic Geek Speak, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when this episode airs when it's published uh there will be 
seven, eight, possibly even nine days left on your campaign. So if some if somebody hears this on uh, the day it's published and they um, still want to contribute, uh, there still is time to do that. I just want to, for those that listeners that don't know what um, uh, Athena Voltaire is about, let me just read three quotes that you've used on your trades, and it's on your page here, your Kickstarter page. Um, Warren Ellis, creator uh, of Planetary, says, imagine if the likes of The Mummy and Van Helsing were actually, you know, good. That's a great quote. Matt Fraction, current uh, X-Men and Invincible and upcom- Invincible Iron Man and upcoming Thor author, says, I think Voltaire is just my kind of glorious pulp epic, a comic lover's comic book if there ever was one, full of everything that makes comic books worth loving. And Tim Bradstreet, awesome cover artist for The Punisher, uh, says, Athena Voltaire is a wonderful pulp throwback, a return to the heady days of adventure comics. Uh, swords, guns, airplanes, sand, jungles, dens of villainy, conspirators, cutthroats, treasure, and all 36, 24, 36 of the most dangerous woman in the genre. So it sounds a lot like, if you're a fan of like Indiana Jones, yeah. then you're going to like this comic. Well, you, that was a pretty lengthy list you just went through, and for me at least... I liked all those things, so I would be inclined to... Uh, I'm especially <laughs> a fan of swords and, 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 uh, and jungles. Yes, yes. And um, walking through a jungle with a sword. Right, and, uh, <laughs> and chainmail bikinis. I don't have chainmail bikinis oh, in there yet, but yet. For, Zing. for a $150 bid, yeah. you never know. Hey, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> I mean, it can't be too hard to uh, convince June Bob to try that. Oh, right, he doesn't, he's uh, working on the other project. Sorry, edit that. No, but he'll he'll do he'll do a short story for me, so I'll try to write it around chainmail bikinis. Fantastic. <laughs> he uh he was kind enough to work in uh, a half hour wasted logo in the uh, uh, Ursula Wilde free comic book day story from a couple of years back. That was pretty awesome. Uh, we give you permission to do the same thing, Steve, in your next uh, <laughs> Athena Voltaire. Just feel free to put it right on the cover yeah. next to the uh, logo. Or maybe she could <laughs> she could endorse it or say something like, uh, boy, I sure do wish podcasts existed. If they did, I would like to listen to <laughs> one called Half Hour Wasted. That may throw your readers off, but, uh, you know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have her, like, sidled up next to the, uh, the old-time radio saying there's nothing good on and Half Hour Wasted won't be around for another 80 years. <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, Steve. Uh, hmm. What's, an, what's I love a, anachronism. What's an easy way for people to find this uh, a, a Kickstarter webpage? Um, um, I don't know if Athena's still on the front page of, of Kickstarter.com. It's not. But the quick the quickest way to find it is just go into Google or Yahoo Search or whatever your preference is, and just type in Athena Voltaire and the word Kickstarter. Because the the URL is really cumbersome. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. I'll tell you how I did it uh, today. It, I went to Kickstarter.com, and then there was a search window I found. Um, well, 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 oh, yeah. right under, right at the top, under Kickstarter. Yes, and Frank Frank was going to say we'll put a, a show a link in we'll our show. We'll put a link notes, in the show. So that'll sure. be the easiest way to get to it. Um, yes. But if you're listening to this, you're sitting at your computer. Go to Kickstarter.com, and right at the top, there's a link that says Discover Projects. If you click on that. And then scroll down, there's a search window. Just type Athena, and it came right up. It was the only Athena Voltaire, Athena-related thing that came up. So that's an easy way to do it. But, yes, Frank's awesome. right. We will put it up in the show notes for that. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, none of us made it to Super Show this year. I know you didn't either. Uh, you think you might make it next year? I'm going uh, to force Frank and Bill to go with me next year. 
I sure hope so. I was so bummed out I couldn't make it. Um, it was just kind of the collision of a couple of projects dying on me um, and not having enough in the way of, of convention pre-orders. So I, I just couldn't justify the trip. But, yeah, I'll, I'll move heaven and earth to uh, to pull it off next year. Do you have a website of your own? Um, right now, I uh, I just have a blog. Okay. Okay. What's that? Are you ready for it? Blog it up, baby. <laughs> okay. It is Atomic Tiki, A-T-O-M-I-C-T-I-K-I dot blogspot dot com. M-O-U-S-E. I'm sorry. <laughs> for some reason, that reminded me. Why? Because we um, like you. That's why. Do well, you, do you uh, take commissions, Steve? Yes, sir. I've got an awesome uh, Supergirl from Steve. And uh, I've also got thank you. I've also got the um, the jam piece from the first CGS Super Show hanging on my wall with an awesome. Oh, you got that? Yeah, actually, um, a guy from Canada, Filthy McMonkey. I think his name's Scott. He yeah. he actually <laughs> won the drawing, but he knew that I wanted it that badly, and he instead of taking it with him back to Canada or having it shipped, he said he didn't even really have a place. He told Brian Deemer to send it to me. Oh, what an awesome guy. Yeah, it was very cool. So I immediately took it down to the uh, frame store and had it framed. It's hanging on my wall. And it's got a uh, a nice Athena Voltaire uh, on there from you, too. Oh, well, thanks, man. So, uh, Steve, good luck on your campaign, and uh, we wish you the best. And we're looking forward to more Athena Voltaire. I really enjoy uh, it, and uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, June Bob draw some of that stuff. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, he's going to pencil uh, some stuff, and I'm going to ink it. So it should be a lot of fun. Cool. Very cool. Well, Steve, good luck to you, and uh, we will definitely put that link in our show notes. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, and thanks for having me on the show. No problem. You take care, Steve. You too. Bye-bye. Nice. Bye. Bye, Steve. Okay. That was a good interview. Always good to have him on. He's a good kid. Yeah. So how about we wrap up? Bill, you got a tweet? Oh, wait. Or do we have voicemail? I'm sorry. I want to do the voicemail. Okay. Let's do the voicemail. What the heck? Do the voicemail real quick. Um, Oh, yeah. Joe Jans. Called yes. and left us uh, a message. Um, you know, he he made those uh, those mighty mugs for us. So yes. wonderful mighty mugs. Yeah, here's his uh, response to. It. Oh, and then uh, we sent him a um, an autographed Tron poster, Tron Legacy poster. Oh yeah, remember? Oh yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Autographed by Bruce Boxleitner. Quite a mensch to get that for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also that's included a, a Best Buy gifts gift card in there. So let's hear what he has to say. All right. From Iowa, right? Hey, HHW, it's Joe uh, Jans. I'm calling to. Uh, I'm calling humble. Um, <laughs> I I received my thank you gift from you guys. Uh, the Bruce Boxleitner autographed Tron poster and and the gift card. Oh my God, it was just it, uh, tremendous. I think uh, I I love them both probably more than the. Uh, the episode of Half Hour Wasted where you guys were doing the uh, Dr. Pepper tape set. Um, it, it's just it's completely awesome. I, I'm seriously thinking about uh, taking the poster with me everywhere I go and start <laughs> getting my picture taken. Um, <laughs> absolutely tremendous. Um, I, I hope you guys <laughs> excuse me, are, are still enjoying the, uh, the Mighty Mugs. Um, I, I feel like uh, you guys were the ones that got slighted in the deal uh, because that, that poster is just, I, I'm going to have
worthy. But, Science. Uh, yeah, to have actual Tron uh, autograph it was just uh, phenomenal. So anyway, I'm just calling to, uh, to tell all three of you thank you very much, and uh, I, it's so greatly appreciated. Uh, again, I'm, I'm humbled by your, your generosity. Uh, and if you guys ever need anything else done in the future, don't hesitate to ask. And uh, that, that's about it. Um, talk to you guys later. Bye. You're welcome. Yeah, and You're Brad Spearhead is that. Thank wow, you, Brad. very welcome. I'd like to take credit for that, but I won't. <laughs> but you can't. I will not do that. And you too. You know what? Uh, I know we're going to listen to Bill's tweet, but this is a good time because you know how he said he was going to take that with him wherever he goes? Yes. And have, well, I guess that's a good segue for me. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you'd bring it up. Say as, a, as of right now, it's not set up, but it should be set up. Oh. My, uh, oh, I, what, what are we doing here? Ifollowfrank.com. Yes. Which is, for those Applause. of you who don't know, it's a picture of me that people are um, – Taking around the country and having pictures taken uh, with it, and we've had we've had a couple of entries. Right now, it's just on my Facebook, and if you're not, of course, if you're not on Facebook, you can't see it. But uh, but if you but if you are, the ifollowfrank.com should be up and running by the time this show airs. Yeah. Nice. Um, Brian Hancock, he he sent a series of hilarious pictures with me. And his son in Target. They obviously had a very good time in Target. And uh, anyway, um, so the idea is you take this picture of me. I'll have a link on there. You print it up, put it in a nice frame, and then you go out and have this picture taken with celebrities and funny places and interesting places. Does it have to be framed? Uh, I would like for it to be. I think that would make it more interesting, but it doesn't have to be. But I think it Because I printed off a copy of it, and okay. I thought... I don't have a frame, and I'm not going to go out and buy a frame. <laughs> you know, uh, in, 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 in retrospect, you know, a frame, you can get a $1 frame, but whatever. Okay. Whatever, whatever you want. And it would be uh, easier to have in a, one of those frames with the stand. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, the kickstand on it. Yeah, the okay. kickstand on it. And um, email it to frank at halfhourwasted.com, and boom. I'll, if it's approved, which, I'll, which I have been approving everything, um, It'll go on ifollowfrank.com, and it'll be in our show notes along with the Steve Bryant stuff. So there we go. So that was a segue with uh, with Joe Jan stuff. What's Bam. wrong? What's wrong, Bill? Is thank you, Brian Hank. Is your computer frozen up again? No, it's not frozen up, but it won't unmute. Seriously. Hmm. The mute button is not working on this thing. So it won't unmute. Right. It's, so it's muted now. I can, yeah, I muted it. You need to demute. I muted it to call up the file, so... You know, in case you had me potted up, you didn't hear it, and so. Are you sure it's not the internet? I unmuted it. No, I mean it's the volume on my computer. Maybe it's something wrong with the internet. Let's Everything see. has to do with the internet. I'm going to open the volume control here. I'm going to unmute all and stop. Dang it! Wow, spoiler alert. We didn't hear it. Okay, hear cool, it. good. Well, um, in that case, that's weird. I actually went down the taskbar and like clicked on stuff and things and that worked that's crazy are you ready yes let's do it okay um all right would you guys like some context or anything i'm ready to go do you think we need it it couldn't hurt can you do it while it's going go go do it now i'm now i'm failing no forget it brevity you're not gonna like this tweet brevity brevity bill's audio twitter One of the 
the most beautiful children's books in all of literature, as far as I'm concerned, is the book The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. It's a wrenching account of the love that a tree has for a boy and how, as the boy progresses, the boy's selfishness ends up destroying the tree, but the tree is glad to do it. Um, this being one of the saddest books I've ever read, um, if anyone ever comes up to me and tries to read it to me, I will punch them in the face. Why are you so angry? I'm just so angry all the time. <laughs> Did, didn't that have like a like a collection of of like short, for lack of a better term, no, short like, stories? No, it like it shaded him when he was a kid. He played under it. He swung from it or something. It's been so long since I've read it. And then he ends up basically chopping the thing down to build his house with. And then he's an old man, and he like sits on the stump for like a chair. And the you know he's killed the tree. So is life. Such he's, is chopped, life. he's chopped the tree down. So what's the point of that book? That book Other is than, awful. I know. I mean, it's kind of like that tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, ow. How much am I getting paid for these things? Hey, don't worry. My tweet. Twist the knife. Twist my tweet the knife. in the next episode will uh, will will probably uh, be better. So. That's a wrap. Until next time, I'll see you on the pan over to the trucking shop before it fades to black. <laughs> so are we not doing doing this episode then? Is that the next episode? Well, if you got you got some Dune ready? No, it's okay. Let's go. Should we Dune it up? Trust me, we're going to need the content. Let's just save it. Let's package it for next show. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm opening up to closing. Right. I wasn't prepared. Okay. Word and we'd like to invite you to listen to Half Hour Wasted sometimes when <laughs> Thank you feel you for like listening it. to a Half Hour Wasted. That's not how it goes. And be sure to check no, out the Legion of Dude podcast. It comes out every yeah. Thursday on this same feed. This no, week they're doing a whole show you're close, on but that's, Iron Man. You're close, but that's not Iron it. Man I'll, 2 movie. It's okay. I'll wing it. Visit our website at halfhourwasted.com and check out our blogs, fo- forms, photos, mm-hmm. and more. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830 or you can drop us an individual email at brad frank or bill at halfhourwasted.com visit our sponsor dcbservice.com and remember check out steve bryant's links check out the show notes this week and until next week i'm frank i'm raul wow and i am barry and we'll see you next time on the listen <laughs> <laughs>
Oh boy, that's stuck in the microphone there, sir. <laughs> <laughs>